welcome to Family Financial Views from University of Illinois Extension. Hi, I'm Kathy Sweetler, Consumer Economics Educator from University of Illinois Extension, and I'm excited about today's conversation, another um, Family Financial Feuds podcast coming your way, and I'd like to um, have my colleague introduce herself too. Hi, everyone. My name is Kamaya Walls-Bichard. I'm also a Consumer Economics Educator, and we have a very fun topic for you today. So we have been covering a number of topics um, over the last five months, um, topics that we think are very relevant to what's going on right now, um, our current economic atmosphere, and how people are doing, how we're doing. And so for this topic, Kathy and I are going to be focusing a little bit closely on, you know, when is the right time to make like a big financial decision or a big purchase when we are in a economic downturn. So things like that are, I think, are very important for discussion. And we've had some good conversations, like I said, over the last few months, we've dealt with, um, you know, coping with finances. Um, we've looked at ways to reduce expenses and also focusing on, you know, housing and refinancing. We've covered those topics, but we wanted to, um, you know, go beyond those a little bit and explore a little bit more to see um, what are some of the big decisions that, you know, are still ongoing and how will we make decisions about that and what are some of the different resources that we might have for that and I think too thinking about it it's more than just like should I make this or should I not make this decision but like how can I make a large financial decision and feel comfortable about it what is that process Mm -hmm. so that when I walk away with my decision Mm -hmm. and in the reality of the world is we know sometimes in hindsight a decision turns out to be better or not so good but we need to be able to walk away and say, I did my best to make the best decision I could with the information I have. And I want to feel comfortable that I did that process. Mm-hmm. So no matter how it works out, I can at least say, well, I tried. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and because and I think sometimes that for me, it's that tension of, have I done everything I should before I make this decision? Mm-hmm. And that's very true. That's very true for me as well. So I think about any decision I'm going in, so um, whether it feels like the economy is stable or there's some other stuff going on, there's always some level of anxiety around that mm-hmm. decision that I'm going to be making and, you know, fear of, like you said, making like that decision that I might consider down the road. Should I have thought a little bit more about that or should have made a different decision? So this leads me into just like some research and different things on like fear relating to like decision making. So I found like this great article um, by an author, Margie Warwell, and she talks a lot about um, you know, the fear of making wrong decisions. And that is so normal for us humans. And she talks somewhat about like the neuroscience behind some of that too. But some of what she shared um, in that article just had me thinking about like my personal experiences with um, making like those big financial decisions. And of course, big might mean different things to different for us, right? But just having to make sure that when I'm making a decision that I am not 
that in fear drive that. And one of the key things that she talked about, which I really liked, is developing what she called, um, from research that she 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 is reviewed, self-certainty. And this is when you kind of tie like your values um, and your key strength to some of like the decision-making process. So you just look to see, you know, what are the things that really matter right now? And what are some of the decisions that are going to affect me and my family? And how I can use that as kind of like my foundation to kind of get rid of that fear so I kind of like what she talked about in the in that article and it just had me thinking and had me thinking about like my decisions that I make and just how our listeners and other consumers might be kind of like battling some of that too as they're thinking about like what decisions they should make and you know how it might turn out especially in times like this Did she talk at all about how different people might react to the same situation in different ways? Or can you think of, have you given any thought to that? So I think for, she talked a lot about like, kind of like the decision fatigue and some of the anxiety that might go around that. And it's more, some of what was covered, because it was a short article, um, you know, just around like our human brains and how we think about different things when we're in certain situations. So when we're in a situation, if we might freeze, if we might fight or flight. So like those responses to how our brain perceived um decision making so whether it's like a financial decision like what should I do right now I'm hearing that this is the best time to buy this new thing because it's the best rate and it's going to look great and it's going to be good so how do you make that decision Um, do you um, go ahead and make that decision or do you weigh all the pros and cons so it's just a kind of an interesting article Um, and I think she's out there on the internet too so you can find more information on that I think one of the things you mentioned was decision fatigue. And I remember um, reading a couple of different research articles and general public articles around the concept of decision fatigue. And it's always just resonated with me so much. Mm -hmm. And the idea behind decision fatigue is that it takes mental energy to make decisions. And so the more decisions we make... Um, the more tired our brains get mm-hmm. and we start falling back onto defaults as we get tired. So um, we take like the path of least resistance, for example. Mm-hmm. So when you think about making a purchase, whether it might be a new phone or a new um uh, internet provider or a new car there's like you make a decision about the item like i want this car or i want this phone and then they start asking you all these follow-up questions like <laughs> do you want this service package do you want this do you want this right. add-on do you want warm seats do you want seats that you know reflect i don't know right whatever with your car and every one of those decisions wears you down until you are like yeah i'll take it all let's just get done <laughs> And so when I think about that, I always think about that when I go to buy something like a phone plan or a car. But now with the current situation where I personally am trying not to go into stores too much mm-hmm. um, to do my shopping, I, I noticed that I'm even getting kind of just worn out trying to like keep our house stocked with daily things we need yeah and I had a funny situation where I realized like I I really like to feed the birds in our yard that's one of my hobbies I love it 
And I realized it was just stressing me out to get bird seed because it's it's not something normally I would just see what I want and pick it up. And now I have to stop and think, like, what is it I want? And then I have to decide who can I get it from where I don't have to go in the store and how do I put a name to it? And which stores have an online shopping piece? And mm-hmm. then, you know, it, you, there's so many more decisions to buy bird seed. I mean, you know, which is not <laughs> what most people would consider a mm-hmm. big decision. But I think my mental energy for making uh, purchasing decisions is just stressed right now. And so on this particular day, my tipping point was birdseed. So I think, you know, we sometimes we think about big purchases as being, you know, that car or that house. But the little stuff adds up. They do. And this kind of leads, just as you're saying now, too, with like trying to make like those different decisions, it makes me think of, you know, because the whole theme of our podcast with it being like family financial feuds, like when we're making decisions, like so you are making like these different decisions and it might be fatiguing, but when there's other people involved as well, too how challenging that can be at times and where the feud might come from that. Cause in household, of course you might have different, different views on, you know, what decisions you should be making at this point. So maybe a partner in that household may say, I don't think we should be even considering getting the new car right now. Well, there are others that might say, you know, another member of the household that might say, but we probably need it. We probably really need it right now. Yeah. And isn't that the truth of the matter? The things that I think are really important that we should be putting money into are not usually always the things that my partner thinks are the high priorities. And working that out takes time. (laughs) So I think that's, um, you know, kind of where I have to like, you have to stop and think like what's important how do we communicate about this how do we share that information with each other so we can come to a good um, conversation place absolutely agree and another piece too that I thought about as you were discussing like the fatigue piece so even with like the feuds piece you know sometimes it is you know between you and other members of your household but sometimes it's like that internal conflict and I feel like I go through that so much in my personal life where I'm worried about making a particular decision and it's like there is this thing going on inside my head where I'm trying to make trying to decide like what step to take and even though it's great going over like the pros and the cons like sometimes it's just really hard and you know not wanting to go into that state of just fear and not make the decision at all but just consider more how this decision is going to have like that long-term impact I think that's an excellent point. Um, I think you and my personalities are pretty similar when it comes to decision making and that sort of, I kind of think of it as spinning where I'm just going around and around mm-hmm. in circles. And, you know, I, I really have already for me, like laid out the pros and the cons and weighed the decision. And especially when I'm stressed, it's hard then to move on and stay with my decision. So sometimes mm-hmm. I've made that decision. I've decided that is the best decision I can make at the moment. And if I'm not in control of my anxiety, then it's easy to like go back to it and try to revisit it, even though I know I'm going to come to the same conclusion. Yeah. So it's not really productive. <laughs> <laughs> 
another piece too when you know you're trying to make a decision but you feel like it's either time sensitive or you're feeling like pressured to make like that decision um and you know just even like thinking of like different examples so there's been a lot that's come out over the last few months with you know getting like lower interest rates or opportunities that are you have right now that you should probably try to use those opportunities right now so when you feel like that kind of pressure as well too sometimes even though you know you want to make this decision but you're feeling like maybe a kind of extra pressure from uh, external sources mm-hmm. that is telling you that maybe now is the time that you should make that decision decision so everything that's going on with you internally within like your household and then you're seeing like all this additional things that are, are, are pushing you towards making that decision and, and sometimes it's, it's really hard to tune out and be mindful and kind of reflect um, and I feel personally that sometimes I have a hard time with that. I think that's an excellent point. And I think that, again, the current economic situation, complicated by our the health situation, is probably putting a lot of people in one of those places where it's the external things that are pressuring them to make a change or make a decision. And I have been wondering um, how many people are just trying to decide whether they want to step out of the workforce um, mm-hmm. in order to either release their fear or the struggles of going to work that might be difficult right now or to help family or friends um, with care whether they're child care elder care or some care in between mm-hmm. um, there's just a lot of push-pull going on right now I think in terms of demands on time and energy and but yet we know stepping out of the workplace has its pros and cons mm-hmm. uh, does, so it's not quite as easy as deciding whether to buy a, you know, a new TV, mm-hmm. <laughs> which has sort of a concrete set of consequences. Right. Yeah. Uh, these are, these are bigger decisions. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a little harder to know what all the ramifications of those kind of decisions might make. Um, but I would guess that there's quite a few people right now who are looking at the workplace and trying to decide what's the best place for them. Should they be in the workplace full time, part time? Should they be retiring? Um, should they be getting a second job? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the whole realm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, when, when, when people think of, you know, moving down from like two incomes to one, even if you might have been an income that wasn't like crazy substantial, but it was an income that was helping that household. So to move from just like two to one, that can become put a lot of pressure and stress in that decision-making process. So um, that's one thing when we think about like, you know, should or shouldn't we make a decision? It's going to totally depend on like your personal situation as well too, which lead me into some really good ideas that we have on here. So I found like another great um, article and I like this because it was farm focused and we are University of Illinois Extension and it's, and we do um, like our farm focus too, but it applies so much to just like individual or household decisions as well too. So people deciding whether or not they should make a particular um, big financial decision. And one of the pieces from that talked about, you know, just assessing like your personal situation. So what does that look like? You know, say you might be employed now, but are you 
unsure about your employment status in the next few months and is buying this new vehicle um, like the best decision for myself and for my family. Yes, and I think when we start looking at these, you know, the what's your personal financial situation, I always feel that finances are about dollars and cents and, and net worth, of course, but also about other aspects of our lives that are important to us, our other sense of well-being. And so for many people, they might be in a job situation right now that maybe while it pays, it isn't paying so much, but it gives back a lot of other rewards, either yes. in terms of personal gain of, you know, knowledge or enjoyment or satisfaction, service, um, or the potential for moving forward in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so there's a lot of things in there that are, I think, quite challenging to always put a dollar value to, yeah. even though it relates to employment. So it's important to keep those in mind. Um, and then, of course, you know, how does your decision affect others, too? Because many times our own personal decisions have ramifications for other people in our household or family. Mm-hmm. Or even the job place, like your colleagues. So. Right. Absolutely. So I like what when we're looking at some of the information that you have here from that article, and, and we will put all the links to these articles in the notes that um, online, so you can go to them yourselves if you want to read them. I like the idea of kind of this sitting down and thinking through these questions and and maybe writing them down or jotting down mm-hmm. the answers to yourself. And I do this, I always do a pro and cons list on both sides of the paper to kind of see how that lays out. Not looking for the most on any one side, but just as a way of getting organized. And I think gathering information sometimes is a real important part to that decision-making process. You are absolutely right. And when we think of gathered information, sometimes even for us, like more paperwork at home or gathered information from family and friends or from online sources, other places within our community, like that takes time sometimes. It really does take time to, uh, you know, shop around um, for, for the right loan that you're looking for um, to to find all the information that you need so that you can make like that good decision that you're going to feel comfortable with. And we talk about, um, you know, like the fear of making that decision. We like to know that, you know, when you make a decision, you feel good about it. And sometimes it's hard to um, be able to locate all the information that you're trying to find. So taking that time to gather like the necessary information. Sometimes we look online, but we may not be able to find everything online. Um, Do we reach out to others that we know who have maybe done like a similar purchase and ask them like, you know, where were some places that you got your information from and can you direct me there? Um, This could be helpful for me in how I'm going to make my decision. And I would also encourage people who are looking at employment decisions to think a little bit broadly and to make sure that when you're gathering information, um, having a conversation with your human resource specialist at your company to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that um, I've been talking to some friends that are looking at, you know, they've been at a job for quite a while, but they're looking at switching it out. 
And thinking through whether you will be officially retiring and taking retirement benefits, or are you just quitting work and you're not ready to retire and take Mm -hmm. those benefits? These are very different alternatives in some situations. Um, And there may be some things where you need to, sometimes there's things that take a little bit of time to put into place and you don't want to lose that opportunity. Right. So um, before you just, you know, put in that I'm quitting notice, make sure you've talked to HR and you understand what your options are. Um, That's a great point. It's really, really, really important. Yes. And another piece as you're thinking about making like a big decision, and I mentioned this before, a big decision could mean different things for us. Um, And we've been sharing some of these examples. So it could be when I think of a big decision, it could be something that's a few hundred dollars versus like a bigger purchase. Um, So depending on where you are in your life, um, that big decision um, could look differently. So another piece to add to what we've been discussing um, as as a third point is, you know, just evaluating like your options. Um, What would it look like if you didn't make this decision right now and you waited? Um, Would you lose like that little interest rate that they were promising and always question that as well too. So so what would happen if you make the decision right now or if you don't make the decision um, just yet? So just looking at like what that will look like for you. And I think sometimes like these decisions are time sensitive too, um, you know, and, and it's it's one of those things where you have to make a decision probably faster than you would like to. So just include that in like the process of, you know, evaluating, doing your pros and cons list and looking at like what would work best for you. And I think at this stage too, it's it's very, very easy to get tunnel vision and think, this is my only option. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it, it is, as I like to encourage people and I like to encourage myself to let's think broadly, let's throw out all those different ideas, even the silly ones that just aren't going to happen <laughs> and then start crossing them out till we get down and see, you know, what are my, really my options. So I can imagine that there are families right now who are trying to decide how much, you know, do they need to get a new computer or a new tablet at home mm-hmm. because, um, you know, they've got more children at home taking classes and people yes. working at home. And how best, you know, you can only, you know, can you pass around equipment or what's going to happen with that? And, you know, you might be thinking, um, well, you know, how do we have a sit down computer for everybody? Let's say this would be an ideal situation, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But what are your options? Maybe it's not just a sit down computer for everybody. Is there assignments that can be downloaded to something like a phone or a Kindle that could be read? And so you could share equipment. What are other options that you might have that um, you could explore? Is there some place to check out equipment or to borrow equipment that would help Mm -hmm. stretch the family situation? Um, Clearly, people want the best possible for themselves and their families and children, but maybe everybody doesn't have to be on the best piece of equipment 24-7. Maybe there's ways to share around. Who knows? That's just an example. But the idea being to try to expand what are the options and then Mm -hmm. come back to 
well, these are all options, but this is the only one that makes sense for our house. Right. And I like this example because I feel like I'm living this example, too. Like within our school districts where they do offer um, the option of the students using um, devices from the schools and they send out emails that said that they were short for some of the schools. And so that allowed them to kind of assess where families were, where people were, to see who already had devices at home and who they need to get one to right away before school started. So that provided like that option for different families in my school district to to see what was out there, what they needed to do, um, and give them kind of like a heads up in what they need to do before school started, before they um, school started. So what financial decision they needed to make for their students. So I like that example. Good, good. Well, I could just see that right now. I just imagining, you know, or even, you know, when we first started um, working from home, it was like, do we have webcams around here? (laughs) (laughs) Are we doing this? Okay, we got it. All right. So um, sometimes you just don't think about it because, you you know, you have one, you don't need it all the time, but all of a sudden you need it more. So. Yeah. Um, All right. So thinking about those alternatives, thinking those options. And then what about this thing about different perspectives? Um, Kind of plays into the same thing, I think, about tunnel vision, but also a little different in that sometimes it's really helpful to just to talk, I think, to somebody who hasn't already heard the story or hasn't heard the the challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, And they may just see it from a very different place and, again, be able to give you a different point of view. That's very true. And I like this because I feel like a lot of our um, discussions and conversations always come back to this a little bit, like who can you um, trust to have like conversations with? So Um, whether it's like a partner, um, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's involving like your children or other loved ones in like the discussions, um, we focus a lot on communication around money and having like these important conversations. So having somebody who might be a trusted ally or a partner in your life, or even a financial professional who um, can give you um, just like different suggestions and advice on, you know, the best, direction to take um, and you can share your perspective and not saying that you're going to go the way that they suggested but just having like um, somebody you know share something different maybe different different point of view that you can also look at and evaluate um, is, is is very helpful and I think sometimes um, this was you know I'm just thinking off the top of my head so let's see if this makes a lot of sense or not but sometimes <laughs> talking to somebody from a different generation is really helpful yes it is because you know if you talk to somebody who's had more experience then they might have seen something similar but different and have a different perspective but then I also like talking to people who are quite a bit younger than me because they might be like I don't think this is that big a deal like mm-hmm. this is you know you could just do it this way <laughs> or they just might have a very different perspective you might not think that your 12 year old would have mm-hmm. a good solution to the problem you're thinking about but they might actually have a good solution they might so, they have opinions they know they have things. definitely have opinions <laughs> and sometimes even if their opinions aren't as fully backed by experience mm-hmm. they do have a different perspective um, that can be helpful to shed some light on what you're doing. So um, I think, you know, but of course, when you're trying to make financial decisions, getting that financial information from a professional is always helpful. Um, 
And if you, uh, you know, there are people that you can pay to help you. There are also um, free services. Um, so, again, taking all of that information in and then making a decision yourself and weighing it depending on who you heard it from and how credible they are for you. Mm-hmm. Very true. And, you know, one more point that I wanted to add to, um, there's some of us who are planners and some of us who do a lot of research before we make any decisions. And that's not equal across the board. Sometimes it's harder to um, make certain decisions because we have different techniques and different approach. So if you are somebody who uh, likes to plan and you already have like an existing plan and things have changed over the last few months, maybe it's good to reevaluate that, that what that plan was. And if you are not like what you would call, quote unquote, a planner, um, you know, what were some ideas that you had before that um, kind of looks a little bit different now? And just like we just talked about, you might need to have a conversation with somebody else about what decision you're going to make. So just looking to see if you already have have plans and um, thinking about what you wanted to do. Maybe you need to reevaluate. Maybe you need to expand your timeline, or maybe you need to have like more conversation with other people who can help you um, as you're you're working through it and trying to make those decisions. I think this is a great one um, to come back to that family feud piece, too. Um, So if you have people in your household who have different money personality styles and some people who are very much planners and some people who are more spontaneous, Mm -hmm. the person who is more spontaneous may have already shift gears on decisions and plans (laughs) because situations have changed. The job situation has changed, the economy, they've like assessed it decided and they're already going in another direction, which may make total sense. But the planner might still be going along road, you know, the road they had talked about before. And without any intent of misleading each other, just you haven't had that chance to communicate about the fact that the situation has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there might be a good time to sit back and think and say, yeah. is it time for us to have that conversation? And as school is returning now, and especially um, when you have um, people in your household who are of college age or almost of college age, don't forget to include them in these conversations. Um, I work with a lot of college students and often family decision making has to shift because of context. And um, the times where the students are the most upset when I'm talking with them is when they didn't see the background conversations. They mm-hmm. just saw the final result and they feel in a way betrayed because they yes. didn't know how they got there. Left out. Um, it's not yes, left out. That's probably a better word. Sure. <laughs> um and it's not that they they do want to be supportive of the family and they under they it's not like they're thinking the family is trying to do them wrong, but they just didn't know how they got there. Mm-hmm. And that was really made it hard to deal with financial decisions that kind of came down on them. So I really do think, you know, keep in mind that while it's hard as a parent to see your young adults as adults at times, <laughs> um, they see themselves as adults mm-hmm. and they want to be part of that adult decision making. And it is 
good to include them in it as much as possible. Obviously, you're still going to have to make your own decisions and they have to make their decisions. But the more that there's communication behind it, the better it can be. Yes. And we have covered a lot on having money conversation with your kids. We've done blog posts, podcasts. So one of our most recent one is Grow Your Kids Money Skills. And it's available on on our um, Family Financial Feud podcast on SoundCloud, of course. So if you want to hear more about like having like those type of conversations with your kids, um, scroll down and listen to um, some of the ones that we've done before. Yes. And I just also, while we're here talking about good things that we have going on at University of Illinois Extension, um, I do want to remind everybody that we do have a volunteer program called Money Mentors. People in our communities go through a training program with us to become a mentor. Many hours of financial education and coaching training. And then people who are looking for that impartial sounding board while they're making financial decisions and somebody that can provide timely financial education, sign up to be part of our program and be matched with a mentor. So if you're interested in either becoming a mentor or getting the help of a mentor, um, feel free to visit our Money Mentor website page and find out more. Absolutely. It's one of our wonderful programs that we're so very proud of and we're so glad that we have. And we have so many wonderful volunteers that really make it a great program. So this has been a wonderful conversation. It is August 2020. We are still making big financial decisions. So I'm hoping that um, some of what we share um, today um, has some kind of value for you and you can take something away from it because we really do like talking about like these topics and you know making financial decisions um, whether big or small can sometimes be overwhelming and if you feel like you're in it alone sometimes and you don't know where to turn or where to get the most accurate information because there's so much out there um, we're happy to um, provide like resources like we're doing right now um, just to help you think through like these big decisions that you're making. Thanks, Kamaya, for bringing up this conversation. I've had a great time with it. Me too. Thanks, Kathy. Until next time, everyone. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to Family Financial Feuds. If you'd like to learn more about the educators, extension in Illinois, or just personal finance in general, you can check us out on the web at www.retirewell.illinois.edu.